I believe that chiropractic is essential in the way that you and I would talk about it? Absolutely. I think that chiropractic is essential. I think that every human being is better off not subluxated. That's the core of a third paradigm model. I think you need to have an objective way to measure that because we can't use symptomatology or how somebody feels or what their experience is versus what if we positioned it as a luxury, meaning something that only some people may be able to access, that the price point is very high. Why? Because it's extremely valuable. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Today's guest is none other than Dr. Jamie Richards. He's obsessed with entrepreneurship, health, and he's passionate about maximizing performance. As the CEO and founder of Life by Design, he's driven to ensure chiropractors succeed in third paradigm chiropractic model. Now he's in love with his wife, Dana, his beautiful daughters, Andy and Scotty, and he's fanatical about design. We might get into his beautiful house mm. in a moment as well. <laughs> Deeply also committed to the pursuit of happiness. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Angus, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, when you had inquired, I was, you know, took all of about three seconds to decide and just figure out when I could fit it into the schedule. But, uh, you know, we go way back many years now. I don't, I don't even know if it's seven, eight, nine, ten years. And so it's nice to get this opportunity to touch base again. And I love what you're doing. So I'm happy to be here. Well, likely. I mean, I say this all the time. This is the podcast is an opportunity for me to catch up with people who I would love to chat and to talk with them in a way that sometimes doesn't happen if you mm -hmm. and I to sit down and share a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. I can be kind of a little bit more kind of uh, intrusive and questioning and things like that. <laughs> sure. And you've been on my uh, want list for a long, long time. I've always been fascinated about the clarity of your thinking. I love, uh, and again, I think we share some things there too. I've drilled over pictures of your house um, which you probably finished building five or six years ago now. Is that right? Well, you know how it goes. It's a, it's a work in progress. But uh, we started at about five or six years ago in terms of moving in and then, you know, project by project. And, of course, there's already more in the, in the works. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially done for the most part at this point. Yeah. Now, I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So just for our listeners, we're going to talk about the concept of why we think at the moment or why Jamie thinks that you should be positioning your practice as a luxury, not as an essential. Now, that's an interesting kind of thing that we'll dive into. But before we get into that, Jamie, perhaps for our listeners that this might be new to you, particularly perhaps uh, some of our other you know, naturopaths, Chinese med practitioners, I know mm. most people in the chiropractic world will be aware of you. Can you perhaps give a bit of a thumbnail of what brought you to where you are right now? Sure. Yeah, we'll keep it super short and quick. But 2002, graduated uh, CMCC, if you can believe that. It, you know, and again, that's probably a whole long conversation. But sometimes when you're forced to, you know, look at things from a different perspective, that's not a bad thing. And, and to have to go through the thought process of, well, does that make sense? Does that not make sense? And anyway, it led me down the path, got exposed to some great people. One of the big ones was Reggie Gold. And of course, a lot of chiropractors know Reggie. And I loved his message in terms of the clarity. Uh, what I didn't love, and you know, fast forward many years, what I didn't love was his business model. And I think that was very flawed. And maybe that's blasphemy to talk about that. But I, I don't think it put chiropractic in a great light, although his communication ability was, you know, as, as good as anybody that I've ever heard in the profession. And, and he helped me understand what he would call, and, and we stole or borrowed the term third paradigm chiropractic 
from Reggie Gold. And I think for our, our naturopaths and Chinese medical practitioners, this is a perfect conversation because, you know, I've been saying forever that there's a huge niche that's untapped. In chiropractic, we've talked about it, this third paradigm model, but for a Chinese medical practitioner and a naturopath, it's probably extremely untapped, this non-therapeutic model where it's not necessarily based on what symptomatology you present with, but identifying some type of blockage, obstruction, in our case, subluxation, and simply recognizing that people are better off without that. And that was Reggie's position was, look, no matter what your experience in life is, you're just better off not subluxated. So that prompted me to think, okay, how can I take that and over the course of the last 10 years, how do we turn that into a communication standard? And then the last five years has really been how do we build a business model around it? And so that's what we've done is we've built our life by design model around it, which funny enough, back when we met, Angus, it kind of started as a more of a lifestyle series of workshops, eat, move and think by design. Mm. And then now it's morphed more into a, a business model around the third paradigm chiropractic with analysis of subluxation and correction as the centerpiece. And of course it brings into aesthetics and design and entrepreneurship. And, and, you know, we've, we've essentially evolved uh, to a large degree over those 10 years. And, and now we have life by design, which is essentially a consulting company. I always say it's, it's an entrepreneurial company. We just happen to mostly coach chiropractors, not a chiropractic coaching company. We're very much focused on entrepreneurship and business development. We just happen to love chiropractic. And so we've tied it around that. And, and that's where we are today. What, um, what's your understanding when you talk about entrepreneurship? What does that mean to you? My personal feeling about entrepreneurship is bringing value to people in some form of exchange. Uh, I think a big, and then there's probably layers of it and prongs to it. But one of the big ones for me, back to the house, is design and aesthetics and creativity. That's one of the things I love about entrepreneurship. So my role in life by design as, as the CEO is, you know, not necessarily doing all the day-to-day -day operational type things. And, and not even really handling a lot of the managed marketing services and things like that, but really creating and innovating and, and taking ideas and then putting them to paper and then coming up with how that's going to look. And then we've got a great group of, of people in our company that help us bring that to life and then train the other doctors on implementing it themselves. So how do you take something that you can help people with? and create something where it's uh, a valuable exchange where everybody's winning. And, and to me, growing that and expanding that is the spirit of, of being a great entrepreneur. Mm, I remember um, Dan Sullivan, not the chiropractor, Dan, Sull Dan mm. Sullivan, the business coach. Mm. He this idea, which I've kind of really stuck with me is entrepreneurship is taking things of a lower order into a higher order. So information maybe that's complex and simplifying it. And I think that, you know, what I've seen Life by Design do is there have been so many chiropractors that have wanted to run, you've coined or borrowed the term third paradigm, but how do I fit that into lifestyle? How do I fit that into aesthetics? And it's been too hard. And then you, um, one of the hardest working people, you see, just seem to be constantly trying to bring together models and simplify. And, um, you know, that's my idea when I kind of think about <laughs> All of that kind of stuff there too. So I'm interested in this because when we were conversing back and forwards over email with regards to what we would talk about, there was this kind of line in there um, about why you feel that we should be positioning ourselves as a luxury um, item at the moment, not mm. an essential item. Now, I, I've been kind of amused because I've seen these memes going around on Instagram and the likes of, you know, and chiropractors jumping up and down saying, woo, woo, I'm essential. And I've been right, right, right. 
buy it. It's, there's been a real level of self-worth that many people have pulled from it, which is great on some level there too. But I'm, I'm like, what does it mean to be essential? Um, you know, and, and is the government's idea of your essential Angus really what mine is? And I think they're very, very different. Like you're essential Angus because we need you to be seeing the people that might have a back that's so sore that instead of perhaps going to the emergency centre, they can see you. I don't think it's you know that the ideas are similar there as well yes so i'm intrigued by the concept so let's let's dive in perhaps if you want to sure you know what do you mean by positioning yourselves as a luxury and why is perhaps positioning ourselves as essential maybe not such a great idea well and you know just to, to play on what you said because i agree 100 and you know we've been watching this and really for years been watching this and and i don't want to make it sound like i'm immune to what i'm going to say next which is i do think that in chiropractic, and of course, I'm sure other professions are similar, but in chiropractic, I would say the greatest deficiency when people, what could I do to get busier? What can I do to become more successful? The greatest deficiency is self-esteem without question. There's no question about it. You know, I don't even think it's, it's, it's debatable whether that's the greatest deficiency. And so, you know, you end up with doctors and, and let's just say many other professions as well who are hyper-focused on growth and their, what new marketing tactic can I use? And, and really, you know, uh, back to one of my other mentors at the time from, a, a, I guess, a, I don't want to say spiritual, but uh, a metaphysical position, I guess, was uh, Arno and Arno Bernier. And I remember Arno said, you know, who you are as a person precedes who you are as a chiropractor. And, you know, that always stuck with me. And, and that was, you know, the start of a path of trying to just, I guess, be a better person. And, and that's when you read the bio, my pursuit of, of happiness, just what makes me happy and how do I pursue that? And, and that's probably had a larger effect on my practice than anything else. So, that said, do I believe that chiropractic is essential in the way that you and I would talk about it? Absolutely. I think that chiropractic is essential. I think that every human being is better off not subluxated, and that's the core of a third paradigm model. I think you need to have an objective way to measure that because we can't use symptomatology or how somebody feels or what their experience is. Not to say those don't exist or are not a part of it, but chiropractic Actually, let me take a step back, and this reminds me of being in Australia when I came to visit, uh, and I talked about this when I was at DG, and I said, you know, you don't need chiropractic, and I think that was one of the first things that I said that really shocked people. You don't need chiropractic, but you do need a healthy spine and nervous system. It just happens to be that chiropractic is the only profession that specifically approaches it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So just for, you know, the, the sake of the example, you don't need uh, CrossFit, but you do need to move. And there's lots of different ways you can move. And now when it comes to movement, there's so many different strategies. As chiropractors, wow, do we ever have a corner on this market? <laughs> when you really think about it, nobody focuses on spine and nervous system as the sole caretaker of that system. And so is chiropractic essential in that sense? Yes. Taking care of the nervous system is a requirement. Chiropractic is the only strategy. Now, in terms of how do I uh, you know, what do I think about positioning it as a luxury? I think that when we're trying to market ourselves as, uh, you know, something that everybody needs, I think that people are not going to hear that. It's automatically a red flag to somebody, right? Automatically, especially now and today with social media marketing and the way that uh, people consume information. If you were to say anything is the solution to everything, or any product has all these different variations and all of these different solutions, right away people are going to be, you know, they're going to throw the flags up like, oh, I don't know about that. And then, of course, you throw in all of the other, you know, belief systems people have about chiropractic versus, and then we can dig in on this, versus what if we positioned it as, 
a luxury, meaning something that only some people may be able to access, that the price point is very high. Why? Because it's extremely valuable. It's not to say that not everybody requires it to be optimally well, but that doesn't mean that I'm everybody's chiropractor, and it doesn't mean that our job, although many people have said this before me, our job is not to make sure everybody in the world gets chiropractic care, and that is probably shocking to many, many people who are listening. I think that um, as, a, as a general rule, those of us that kind of end up uh, in a natural health care, we tend to be big hearts. You know, we want totally. to save the world. Um, we understand the value of health. And then that, you know, that goes into, you know, you talk about kind of the efficiency of self-esteem. There's mm -hmm. a self-esteem inside of that that means that we constantly tend to be giving. And so when you say that it's not for everybody or, you know, then that, there's a real, uh, even for me, 22 years of this, and I've spent a lot of time looking at this, there's a little like, oh, what does that mean <laughs> with regards to that too? So I'm right. sure there's many docs that you coach that, you know, that's not, oh, hang on, no, no, I, I want to get this service to as many people as possible, you know, part of my service nature. How do you address those thoughts? Yeah, and you're 100% right. And again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm immune to this. This is many, many years of thinking this way and, you know, peeling off layers and starting to really look at the outcomes of that belief system because it is a belief system. You know, if you look at it this way, you have a limited amount of time and energy. And so your ability to deliver care, even in a very high volume practice, is still limited. You're limited by the number of people that you can see. And so it would make more sense to me that instead of getting chiropractic to everybody, because that concept comes from a low self-esteem. It comes from the fact that if I just try and get chiropractic to everybody, I'm going to get busy enough to have a practice and to be able to take care of my family and have a livelihood. But if you truly were getting chiropractic to everybody, that would be impossible. It's an impossibility. And so, you know, you have to start by saying, well, what is it that I want? You know, what does my practice look like? How many people do I want to take care of? And yes, please understand chiropractic is for everybody in the sense that if you are subluxated, you are better off not subluxated, but that doesn't mean that everybody's going to choose to receive your care. And so why is it now becoming my issue, mandate, vision to make sure every human being gets it? Because here's where this ends up and you know, and I sure know where this ends up. It ends up with discounting your care. Mm. Right. It ends up with bending over backwards for patients who don't value what you do. And it ends up 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road being disillusioned and hating chiropractic and yeah. really dreading going to work. I mean, there was a time in my practice, I did not want to go to work. Sunday night was the worst time. And I don't know if anybody else listening is experiencing this, but I was so anxious on Sundays and I was just dreading what Monday was going to be like because I put so much pressure on myself to think that I had to save the world. Yes. And when I let that pressure go and just decided, well, what do I want? And how am I going to create value around that? You know, fast forward many years, we're seeing more people than I saw before at two and three times the cost, generating more profit, having more impact, donating more money, helping more people, right? And that's the funny part of the, that's, that's kind of the rub there. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I sometimes think about the model, you know, when Louis Vuitton makes their handbags and stuff that they do. I mean, they, they clearly have, they're not saying that doesn't, everyone deserves a handbag. Like if everybody deserves to have handbags, right. we're just going to make these ones here. They're going right. to be very expensive. And if you want a cheaper handbag, you can go on Walmart, Kmart, Target. There's handbags there for you. Okay. We're just choosing to do these ones. And I think we have the same choice as a practice. We just get to choose who is it that we want to serve 
And uh, it really does. I, I, I kind of get this concept that you brought back to, because it does come back to the, you know, the greatest efficiency is self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then it says, well, okay, well, am I worthy to have a Louis Vuitton type sort of practice? Um, and, you know, the, my answer would be yes, that you, you know, absolutely. So... Well, let me ask you a question, Angus, before we go here. And this is something we ask our clients a lot to just kind of spark a thought experiment for people listening in. And I'll even just look for your response here. Imagine if you went to your team tomorrow, and I don't know how the, the dollar exchange works, but let's say you went to your team and you said, all right, guys, we're gonna, here's what's going to happen. We're changing our visit fee to $500 a visit. Right. And we need to figure out how do we create enough value without increasing our expenses, without increasing the amount of time that we spend with these people. How do we increase the value of our care so we can meet that $500 valuation and create an exchange? Now, of course, that's going to be a huge challenge. Uh, You could run that practice. You'd start to limit the number of patients you would have, but you could definitely do it. There's some people that will pay that, but there's probably a sweet spot in terms of how and what value can I give in terms of my experience meshed with, you know, what part of the market is going to be able and willing to ex- access that? And then those two things together will allow you to create that practice that we're talking about. But that's a great question for people to start to think about, which can really change how you build what we call your core product. Mm. It's interesting because my mind immediately came up with, you know, well, look, I, perhaps I would need to make some aesthetic changes to the practice. You know, there's a, again, to right. go, Louis Vuitton right. looks very different from Target. You know, I would need to work a little harder with my staff with regards to their communication as, as well. I think about what other things I could add on to the practice that would be really low overhead that might, exp- mm-hmm. you know, whether that be, you know, some nice coffee and some, you know, that kind of stuff. Too. Exactly. That's exactly it. Having yep. these conversations, I'm like, dude, why are you not doing that now? Like, that's my point. <laughs> like that's like it was a very interesting little thought experiment. It's like ah, like none of those things. They immediately all increase yeah. the perceived value of the care. That's it. That you got it. And, and we're coming into a time with the craziness. And you know, I, I know it's slightly different where you are and where we are. But there's going to come a time here in the next ho- heavens, hopefully in the next few weeks, where we're allowed to get back to full regular practice. And you know, a lot of our life by design docs, same thing. And you know, you're going to have chiropractors down the street and other healthcare practitioners that are going to be more than willing to discount their fees in half and be like, we're the cheapest over here. Come see us. And, you know, I'm really advising people to not jump into that race to the bottom, but start to go, okay, we got time now. How are we going to increase that perceived value so we can continue to be the luxury brand? Because guess what? People are going to have less disposable income, at least for a period of time. And I think things will write themselves eventually, but the luxury brands and brands that are seen as premium and valuable Mm. are the ones that people will continue to invest in and they will choose you over a cheaper brand if they believe they're getting something better and different and unique. Yeah. I think we've all got things in our lives that are commodity based, um, you know, that we just buy, you know, Mm -hmm. they tend to be, you know, my life, the the fuel, mind you, I don't even look at the price of fuel, but they're those things like that, that we're just going to buy what's the cheapest at the moment. That's right. Because there's no difference in it. And then we've got Mm -hmm. other areas of our life where we're like, the price is not even something that we look at. We're looking at a return. How do you, so when you're dealing with your clients and they're they're in this game of wanting to improve the perceived value um, of the services, um, Along with that thought experiment that you did beforehand, are there other steps that <clears throat> that our listeners can start to take themselves through that might help them identify things? 
Yeah, I, I think the thought experiment obviously is a great way to start brainstorming. And then you can go much, much deeper into what does my core product look like? So when I talk about a core product, this is, I think, a fundamental component to what we've been training people on is that we still want to keep chiropractic, the analysis, the checkup, the correction, and that you know, third paradigm model at the core. So I think of it as a series of circles. So if we've got the center circle is our core product and that's chiropractic care as we know it in this third paradigm. And then you've got a series of concentric circles. And so the second circle in our practice is eat, move and think by design. And so what does that mean? What we're not saying is we do chiropractic care and then we do nutrition exercise and mindset. The way we position it as those three components are support systems for the spine and nervous system. So let's say, for example, uh, you know, somebody's under care. Well, you need to fill your body with the right nutrients to maximize and improve the healing and repair of the tissues as you go through your process. And the same thing with movement. Yeah, fitness is great, but I'm talking more specifically about spinal corrective exercises, about strengthening the tissues around the spine to support what's happening at the core. Then the next layer would be things that you could sell that might support those. So maybe you sell some nutritional supplements or you sell mobility kits or in our facility, we have a whole, we have the fit clubs, we have a full training facility, we've got a full restaurant cafe on site. So I mean, we've kind of taken this idea of a core product and went a little bit overboard and crazy. But again, everything points back to the analysis and the checkup and the correction. And I think that's one of the things we always said when we started Life by Design was, I don't actually want to dilute the chiropractic portion. What I actually want to do is put it up on a pedestal and I don't want to have a bunch of other stuff, you know, uh, a health repository. You walk in, there's a million supplements and all this stuff. It's everything is built around this centerpiece. And then we could talk about this if you like, but then you can take that and you start going through a process that we call building a proprietary process. So we start naming things in our practice. Mm -hmm. We start breaking it down into phases. Uh, you know, probably, and you've probably talked about this Starbucks and having their language, but you'll notice already, if you're listening, I have not said adjustment once. And it's not that we don't, I don't think, I don't really think there's a difference between an adjustment and a correction, but my practice does. Mm. Right, So for us, we might differentiate between a manipulation and an adjustment. That's great. But what if we've got a pile of other awesome chiropractors in our area? Well, they're all talking about adjustments. Why don't we talk about something different? And so a great experiment is to look around, visit every other chiropractic practice, and the, some of them might be your buddies so you know, and mm -hmm. start making a list of what can I do different, say different, look different. Uh, even for us, we don't do any or almost any supine cervical adjusting or correcting. And it's not that I don't like a supine cervical correction. It's just if there's another chiropractor around, that's probably how they do cervical correction. And so yeah. we do all toggle recoil, all drop pieces or seated Gonstead. Do I think it's better? Not necessarily. I just think it's different. Yes. There's, in, in terms of communication and marketing, there's something very powerful about the words new and different. But, you know, and that in its start, you know, that different then for differentiates, which means I'm no longer a commodity. So that in itself starts to add value into Absolutely. it also. I, I, I love that concept. The idea, I know it's a kind of bit of an old metaphor too, but when we talk about kind of naming things too, I'm fascinated by this <laughs> at, the, at the moment too, because it, it's, I watch my psychology and often, you know, you'll hear people talk about, you know, the difference between a hundred dollar note and a $5 note is just the words on it. It's the name. Right, right. There's no inherent value between the bits of paper that's on the two it's of true. them. There's a different story on them. And when we place a different story in around things, um, Tony Rose, who used to be here with me, yeah, that yeah. 
at the moment is going through his whole initial consultation there too. And it, again, it maybe not the most creative in the world, but he's just calling it the Rose method. That's what it is. So, it's but, awesome. it, but it's, it, it is, it builds a level of personal branding in around here. Yep. They're not just a bunch of tests he's doing. You're going to know this is the Rose method. We're working our way through here too. And the perceived value immediately skyrockets. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Our process and our practice and each practice within life by design or any docs we work with, we advise them to kind of create their own. But a lot of times it ends up pretty similar because spine and nervous system has only so many different words to it. But ours is the biostructural restoration using the life by design chiropractic method. And so that's, and again, what is that? It's, it's chiropractic care is what it is yeah. and, and lifestyle advice, but to the patient or prospect, they don't know that. And of course we know it's different and better than a lot of what other people get. So I want to make sure that it sounds different and better than what the people are going to get elsewhere. Yeah. I think in branding and particularly in the message it goes up, I think the, there are different areas. See, I can see the difference in in real value between let's say a toyota and a ferrari like mm -hmm. i can sell myself on why there might be a five or six hundred percent difference there too yeah. where i get blown away and it makes me smile enormously is when i look at a diamond and i go here's mm -hmm. a diamond and we can say it's the same because they can be identical color clarity cut all those kind of things but we pop one of them in that little blue turquoise tiffany's box and it immediately yeah. in many cases doubles in price it's identical, like the, you know, not like the Ferrari and Toyota thing there too. Right, right. So when our listeners are thinking that, oh, hang on, I'm really, but I'm, I'm really doing the same thing as a person down the road. I'm telling you now, it doesn't matter. When doesn't you listen matter. to what Jamie is telling you today, when you tell a different story, when you back it up with that kind of thought experiment that says, what would I need to do if I doubled my price? It, it was amazing how quickly things, as I said, came to me that involved very little cost. Absolutely. At, at all there too. So when you're working through that core product that you talked about mm -hmm. before, are there hurdles that people typically come to that you need to help them kind of work through with that? Uh, the core product itself, you know, is fun and it's relatively straightforward. The challenge comes in putting it into action like anything, right? It's the execution side of it, sitting down and creating it all is great. Uh, you know, even coming up with the aesthetics, all of that stuff is fun. And, but then when you actually rubber hits the road and you have to go into your practice, I'll tell you what we see most of the time. Most of the time I end up seeing practices, if they've been there for more than five years, they're extremely undervaluing their care. They usually have a bunch of different plans and family plans and they've diluted their costs per visit a lot. And, you know, they might have a $50 visit on the books, but their cost per visit collection is 31 or 32, if we're lucky in many cases. And so implementing this along with the way we would advise people to communicate along with, you know, when you're creating a luxury brand or a premium positioning, I advise people, I do believe you have to create a line in the sand. So, and I'm not saying people need to commit to 72 years of care or anything like that. But I think you need to have a minimum standard of what that process is going to look like uh, in, in whatever that is. Typically for us, I'm, I usually advise 12 to 16 weeks is a good starting point for most people. It's not so long that people are going to be overwhelmed, but it's a short enough period of time that we should still see some objective changes in the tests. And so that's usually the hardest is to get people to be okay with not accepting cases. And, and I'll just stop on that word. We don't talk about 
you know, we, we converted that one or this one started or I signed two up. I mean, that drives me crazy. Yes. The language that we use and we advise is how many cases did you accept? And so to go back to the self-esteem, and, and I would say probably in this entire podcast, if all people took was this one concept that we're going to talk about here, this would probably have a, the biggest impact simply because it goes directly to this idea of self-esteem. If tomorrow in your practice, you start talking about and even change. So our tracking system we use is the success surveillance system. So it's kind of a, you know, a stat system on steroids and, and it says, you know, accepted cases. So if I have 10 new cases and I accept 10 of those cases, that's 10 for 10. If I accept nine and so on and so forth, think about it this way. If you come out of a day two and you don't accept the case, that's a very different feeling than if you're saying, wow, that person said no, or that person didn't start care. It's not that they didn't start care. It's that I didn't accept their case. And now you might say that's semantics, but what I'm saying is I have a set standard as, as to what it's going to look like for us to work together. And if you can't meet my expectations, I'm not going to accept your case. And of course, it's all done very nicely and the mm. communication is smooth. But at the end of the day, and this comes in, uh, in, a, in a big way with my associates, it really accelerates their value for chiropractic simply because early when they're not as good at day one or day two or communication and they're getting more no's, they're not feeling the, the pressure of, oh my goodness, everybody's saying no. It's, well, that person, I didn't accept their case. Well, that person, I didn't accept their case. And so, you know, there's ways to work at that and train and fix that. But just changing your mindset to, okay, how many cases did we accept versus how many people did we sign up or how many people said yes or no? Mm, I love the, um, the language in around that. I wish I had have known that a decade or so ago. I, <laughs> I, I didn't have the language in around that. My good friend, Russ Rosen, kind of helped me mm. get some clarity in around when I was in a report visit, where literally what I would do is I would imagine myself in a cafeteria and someone was walking up to me and I was like, chicken or fish, what do you want? Well, I want chicken. And then I could, it took all the emotion out of it. Right. So listen, here's what we have to offer you. Here's what I think the benefits will be. And do you want chicken or fish? If you want chicken, then that's totally cool. We should not do that here, but let me help you. And, and there's a way that this can be done that is totally cool and helpful. You know, when you stand that person standing in the cafeteria line, if they want what you, you just direct them towards it. Um, and I think sometimes chiropractors in particular have done a really bad job of, you know, you've got choices, but let me be clear. If you don't choose what I offer, I'm going to make you feel really bad about it. Right. And well, it goes back, Angus, to what you said earlier, which is, you know, back to the idea of self-esteem. And, and when we said, well, what's the problem with thinking that we need to get everybody under chiropractic care? This is the problem, right? This is where it comes down to is that person says no. And then we feel like it's our responsibility to make sure they get care. And so then you, well, what can I give you? And trust me, Again, you, I could tell stories and Mike and Croatia and Rochelle and the other Life by Design owners would, they, they have, we have endless laughs about this. I mean, I'm trading bread and I would trade for people bringing in chickens. And I mean, I did it all. I did a box on the wall. I did a time where people could come in and they told me what they were going to pay. Like they literally, I said, so what would you like to pay? Yeah. I literally asked them, they're like, what are you talking about? So I've done it all. When Understand when I say all these things, I've been there and I've done that. And I've realized not only does it not work, but it's, it's extremely destructive to your self-esteem. And, uh, you know, when you look at happiness as the pursuit of the things you value, and if happiness is truly important to you, then you've got to find out, you know, where that line in the sand is for you. And you've got to be able to sleep at night. And so you need to stick to that, that stick to that line. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And I want to kind of pivot as we 
because let's bring there's been lots of I love where this convert I didn't know that we'd be talking about self-esteem but I'm so grateful that we have it's um a work a constant work for me to be checking in there a realization first of all that it is a journey for me that I haven't got self-esteem sorted um mm. you know as I my self-esteem grows so too do the things in life that I take on which challenges my self-esteem even more what when you talked about at the beginning here that this obsession that you're also having around living a life in the pursuit of happiness if somebody's listened to this now and they're realizing you know what i've, I've got some self-esteem work to do mm. where do you think a good place to start is yeah great question and typically although we have this in some way shape or form built into what we teach people and train people a lot of the work is borrowed and uh, adapted from Nathaniel Brandon. So mm -hmm. let's just give credit where credit is due. We're big fans of Nathaniel Brandon, so Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, a big fan of objectivism in general. And so that has a big influence on the way that we think. Uh, so again, going back to the six pillars, just simply starting with awareness. And, and I just wanted to note, and I wrote this down, you know, when you said it's this journey, it's this journey for everybody. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? It's me included. And so understanding that it's going to take time, understanding it's a journey. Obviously, as parents, one of the most important things we can do is develop our children's self-esteem. And my parents did the best they could. Your parents probably did the best they could. That's the one thing I want to do the best I can for my children is help develop their self-esteem. And, you know, there's lots of strategies to do that that are beyond today. But as a starting point for people listening, figure out what your values are. And, and when you've all heard this and it's this cliche, oh, your values. But to me, a value is something you want to gain or keep, okay? And that's the definition we use. So health could be a value. Uh, financial abundance could be a value. I'll tell you the biggest value for me that I didn't know was a value until I didn't fulfill it. And then I realized it was a value. And now I've spent the last three years trying to pursue it. And that's freedom. Mm. And, and maybe that rings for you too. I get a sense mm. it might. Uh, mm. I didn't have freedom. And I couldn't figure out why I wasn't 100% happy in every area. I had a lot of great things in my life, but I was just working so many hours and trying to build, 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 create, create, create. And I realized I had no freedom. And even the moment I wrote it down, it was just like, ah, oh, you know, and the goosebumps. And, and I knew right there that freedom was one of my top values. And so now I've spent the last years trying to figure out how do I get other people to do the hands-on work? How do I train people? How do I build out infrastructure systems? And, and so you can see the power of knowing your values. And so where that leads to is happiness. And I, I love this definition. Happiness is the emotional reward for pursuing your values. Mm. There's never been a more true statement to me because I know when I feel the happiest, I'm pursuing my values. And even last night, Dana and I, my wife were talking about, you know, I, I drew out all these circles on this piece of paper and I, I put down, you know, personal happiness and health and financial abundance. And I put all these things and I started asking myself, where do these intersect? Like, how do these intersect? Because I'm trying to pivot my, my life and, and thinking, you know, there's got to be another act and what's it going to be? And, and how do I do that? And so values and pursuing them. And my point here, Angus, is that that's what leads to self-esteem. The more you pursue your values and accomplish them, as you probably felt, the more your self-esteem grows. And every time you pursue a value and accomplish, your self-esteem grows and it grows and it just becomes this, you know, cyclical process. Yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful. Um, Nathaniel Brandon's Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, which is what Jamie mentioned mm. before, is one of the most important books that 
I've, uh, and if you do a search around, there's an audio version with Nathaniel actually reading <laughs> yeah. it as well. So yeah. it's a bit of an abridged version, but he's, yes. he's got this wonderful voice. Oh, yeah. Um, also, I, I did an interesting thing with the values uh, maybe four or five years ago uh, where I had somebody just walk me through it. Super simple for our listeners now. I've got a list of 100 values. And mm-hmm. then I just kind of said, you know, would I rather um, freedom or family, this or that? And what, what ended up kind of really happening is I was able to play them off really quickly against each other, where I really quickly came down to 10 values that this concept of doing this beforehand had been really very difficult for me. Mm. Now, getting down to 10 was relatively easy. I, I, I haven't really, from there on, I'm happy to kind of keep in around that core value. Now, I yep. can kind of put them in a bit of a hierarchy from yep. there as well. But if you just did a Google search for a list of values, um, you'll, you'll find a big list of them and you'll sit down. I promise you, you'll do this in less than 30 minutes to yeah. then start playing them off from each other. Many of them immediately you'll be able to get rid of. That's right. But, yeah, but that's a great tip. Yeah, you're very right. Freedom was something that I, I realized that I was unemployable about eight years ago. I tried. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that ran a, an, an x-ray place. He wanted somebody to come in and oversee the whole radiography department. I kind of liked what I saw the romanticism of being a CEO of a company like that and putting a suit and tie on each day and go, I, I literally by the end of four weeks, I wanted to stab myself in the eye. Having somebody else tell me when I started, finished, what, or even, even with the level of flexibility I had, it, it makes me nauseated just to think about it right, um, right now. <laughs> I believe it. Jamie, if our, um, I feel like I could talk with you for another hour and a half and I'm, I'm going to be cheeky enough to reach out to you again soon because I'd love it. Please. To yeah, please. If our listeners want to follow up with you, where's the best place for them to find you after yeah. today? I mean, you can find us all over social media, Life by Design for Chiropractors. You can also find me, Dr. Jamie Richards, on social media. The one uh, area that we've just essentially, it was so funny because we were just about to launch a new, essentially a new program and then all this happened. Like literally it was, it was already preset. I was on vacation when all this happened. We, I was, my wife and I had our first vacation without kids. We were in the Dominican Republic and then all of this started to happen. And it was just like a crazy, crazy time. And so we had put a stop on the launch and what we decided to do with our life by design light group. So our main group is life by design elite. That's kind of our main core product where we work with our doctors more one-on-one and, and, you know, the full kind of video-based training, one-on-one training, all that stuff, the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we've got our light group and that's, we wanted to start to give access to people who love and follow life by design or hear what we're talking about and say, I want to do that, but they're not quite ready in many ways to jump into the bigger elite type program. And so the light is an online program. It's, content and training, some interaction with us. And so what we did is we made it free for the next 45 days or beyond. We're not quite sure. We're just going to leave it as free until this stuff dissipates. Mm. And so we're helping people through the coronavirus, COVID type situation, but we're also doing our other practice training within there. So they can go to the link you probably have at Life by Design for Chiropractors backslash light or forward slash light. Yes. And if they use the promo code GIFT, all caps. This is important. We've had to, we've dealt with this a little bit on the logistics <laughs> side, all caps. It'll be free for the next 45 days. You will have to enter a credit, all that stuff. It is a, a, a regular program, but just know that you won't be billed until we actually give you some advance notice. So it's free for now. And the group's really starting to fill up and grow. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. I know what my values are and I could talk to you for a longer period too. And this is last night, Dana was saying, she's like, you need to do more of this. 
right? Like it just makes me realize this is what I like to do. And so thank you for asking me to come on because I think I needed to have a reminder of what I like doing and, and it's just finding a way to do it more and, and to create an exchange for people with it. Uh, you're a whiz, buddy. I'm smiling with every cell in my body. I'll make sure I have all of those links for our listeners too. Um, they'll be on the, the show notes or in the show notes or, or somewhere in around where you're watching mm -hmm. this video. Buddy, thank you so much for sharing with me today. You've exceeded my expectations. I was excited. I did wake up early this morning. <laughs> looking forward to this call. Uh, I wake early, but earlier than normal too because I'm in, in anticipation of it too. So thanks for all that you, um, you continue to do, buddy. I look forward to uh, a round two really soon and uh, lots Please. of love to Dana and the kids during these wacky fun times too. Oh, so. yes. Thanks, Agnes. I uh, appreciate it and keep up the great work. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.